I can't wait to get a new Mac. I need to tell you, I've been using, this is an analog exclusive. We could talk about this. I'm going to be talking about this later, but I've been using a 16-inch MacBook Pro. Did I even know you had one? I didn't think I knew you had one. You do not. I do not have one. Okay. It has been loaned to me. By? Apple Incorporated. You, oh, you are lucky this is a family show. I have so many very mean words to call you right now. How did this happen? They loaned me it. Well, how, what <laughs> they makes asked you so special? I, I want to be special too. They asked me if I wanted one. Make me special. And I have one for a little bit and I'm like playing around with it in Mega Studio, which we're going to talk about again. I'm ruining everything about this episode because <laughs> like I'm, I'm working out how I want to have my computing life going forward. Sure. And one, that is a fantastic computer. And and the second thing is like, I'm just, I'm really eager to get another computer in my life. And I'm not really sure why that is, but I am looking forward to it. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the iMac Pro, as long as you don't have a machine gun trackpad, is a pretty darn nice computer. Can you make the noise, please? It makes me, the first, I will, I remember how hard I laughed the first time (laughs) you did it. Because it was like, my brain was like, I hope he makes a noise and you did it and it was so good. And Casey, why don't you just get a second trackpad? What's wrong with you? Uh, Have you listened to the most recent ATP? Yeah, I've listened to it. Okay, okay. Yeah, so. It's so much fun. Like, I know it's terrible for you. Oh, it's not fun for me. your consistent problems with computers over the last, like, two oh. years as a listener is just so entertaining. I'm so I hope glad. you're aware of that. <laughs> no, but, like, that's good, though, right? Because, like, you have to entertain your listeners. That is true. And, like, usually, like, why, you know, it's not interesting to hear about people's computer problems. But, like, there's just something specific about yours which is very entertaining. It's, I'm glad it's entertaining, but it is it is the worst. Although s- sitting here now, hashtag content, Casey. Come on, <laughs> hashtag content. Uh, sitting here now, I think my computing world is mostly okay now. And in fact, uh, I don't remember if they sponsored this particular program, but they've sponsored some of our programs, both Mike's and mine, and, and other places. Uh, I just installed Backblaze on my iMac. Oh, good. Pro. And things seem to be working okay in that department as well. I'll talk about that on the forthcoming ATP. So the funniest thing to me was that Plex was causing all your problems, which is just like the best thing. I know. I, yeah, the, I don't know how Marco did it in the edit, but I made like a short speech about how they were going to make so much fun of me when I told them that. And surprisingly, it was like crickets because I expected the two of them to light me up and I would have done the same. Oh, man, I would have just put you on blast. Oh, like exactly. you wouldn't have even like you wouldn't have even been able to walk out of the show the same. <laughs> it would have been this, it's the best possible thing that could have happened. Because it's like everything you care about. I know. And, and also, like, the hilarious thing about all of this is like the only reason you bought the <laughs> iMac Pro was because you could use Plex still. Because otherwise, there was like a whole other pro- like potential for your computing life, you know? So good. I know. I would have beaten me up so bad if the roles were reversed. So what do you, where is Plex running? Is it running on the Mac Mini now? Yeah, so Plex is on the Mac okay. Mini. Um, and currently there's Backblaze on my uh, iMac Pro, and it's doing its initial upload, which according to it is going to take about 44 years, but we'll see what happens. Um, so you, that you're just backing up your personal stuff there? No. Oh, are you doing a net, are you doing like a share? I, I, I have mechanisms, but we'll save that for ATP, the next ATP. Well, that's going to come out by the time people hear this, it's out, isn't it? 
Oh, no. you've already rec- oh no, you've recorded yeah. already, haven't you? Yeah. Well, no, no. So uh, we're recording on uh, Friday, the 6th of March. Oh, I'm all lost. Yeah, you're all because, lost. Because like, of... I've already listened to ATP, which doesn't exactly. usually happen when we record. So just so everyone knows. Oh, I was waiting. Casey yeah, I was going to bring it up. I was going to show up to our recording. <laughs> we, so Casey had done, he had asked me to move the recording from Tuesday to Monday. So I moved it. Oh, that's true. It was my fault, wasn't it? I didn't even think about that. Oh, my God. I'm so bad. You said, can we move it by a day? And I was like, yes, of course we can move it by a day. I'm so bad. And I will rearrange my life for you. So that's no problem. (laughs) So we moved it to Monday. And then on Monday, I sit down and he's not here. He's just not online. And then I look at Find My because Casey is a maniac and shares his location with me. So I share my bag and I could see, oh, Casey's at home. So I sent him a text and like I sent him a Slack message and I was like, you know, I'm ready. And a few minutes go by. Then I send it. Then I look on the the Find My again and he is now driving away from his house. (laughs) So I send him a text and it goes to do not disturb while driving because Casey's one of those people. Uh, Safe people. Correct people is what Mm -hmm. I mean, of Mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. And and then uh, he just leaves. He's just driving away. So then I, I'm in my, you know, I'm just in my home and I'm walking around. And I said to him, like, Casey's not here. He must have forgotten. Ugh. And then a little while later, Casey realizes what's happened. And I said this to Casey before we started recording today. Never in my life have, has anything happened. So, like, basically, Casey apologized to me so profusely for how like and so far out of scale for what he'd actually done (laughs) i've never in my life had someone's apology outweigh the action (laughs) to the level at which like casey was even apologizing to me today four days later i still feel bad i feel like such a bad person you are absolved uh i don't remember exactly how oh because now atp i think was recorded early right and you released it it was it was recorded the normal time, but it was released earlier than normal. Released a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've already heard it, which is not how things normally go. Usually I we record before ATP but release after ATP. Right. right. Uh so my world is is all over the place. Yeah. It's all upside down. And it is entirely my fault. I, I kid you not, listeners. I felt like such a piece of garbage for like a solid 24 hours. I couldn't stop thinking about this. And then for a solid 24 hours after that, it would come up every few minutes, like, or not every few minutes, like every, once every couple hours, I'd be like, oh my God, I cannot believe I did that to Mike. I am such a jerk. Would it have been worse if you would have remembered that you were the one who made us move it in the first place? Seems like you've forgotten it. I've forgotten about that too. Oh God. And the thing is, I looked when, when I finally got to where I was going, uh, and, and at this point it's like 15 minutes late and I look at all these messages and I see, uh, oh, I'm supposed to record today. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And I go looking at my calendar and sure enough, sitting on the calendar says analog recording right now. And so mm-hmm. I can't even do that thing where it's like, oh, well, eh, it never wound up in the calendar. My bad. No, it was there. That's what I can't believe that oh. like. How? What is your? What is your life that you can miss things on your calendar? How it's do you? Terrible. I don't even know what happened. How do you fun? How are you functioning if you're not paying attention to your calendar? I don't know. That's the thing. My calendar rules my life. It's just. Well, I, I, no. See, uh, this is the thing, Casey. I don't think it does. Apparently I not. I bet. I bet that you are like a calendar internalizer. And then you just assume you have it all correct. Right? That's like probably you, true. You internalize it all in your head about what, what you think you're supposed to be doing and when it is. So then you're not paying attention to the calendar itself. 
that's probably more true than even I believed. But yeah, one way or another, I do feel terrible about that. And I apologize one last time for doing that to you. Like I said to you before recording, it's one thing to make a deliberate choice to be a jerk. Like, obviously, that has its own set of problems. But it's one thing if I just decide, oh, I'm going to leave the house and leave my hang and not say a thing. Like, it's really obnoxious, very unprofessional, but at least it was a choice. But this- But you've it owned was, it. Uh, it was just complete idiocy, and, and I do feel bad. But we should move on before I turn this into an hour and a half long continued apology tour. <laughs> but, how did peak of you, how did peak of you go? That was our last episode. I've got to say, Casey, I love this monthly yeah? cadence because this, we have so many things that happen in our lives that we can talk about. It's nice. This is very true. I don't like not talking to you as much, but we can fix that uh, you know, off the air. Yeah, um, that's up to us. You just got to show up and then <laughs> oh, we can talk whenever you want, you know? Oh, it's like that. I deserve it. Yeah. Uh, yeah you're just sitting back basking in all this ammunition that you have sitting in mm-hmm. front of you. Uh, Peak of View, it went well asterisk. Um, the reception was pretty good. Uh, people seemed more enthusiastic, like non-parents seemed more enthusiastic about it than I expected. I thought that this was going to be exclusively for parents of small children. And that's kind of how I wrote it. And I knew that, yeah, okay, it does have other uses ostensibly, but really Mm -hmm. this is just for the parents of small kids. And a surprising number of people seemed to say, no, 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 I want this to show vacation photos to my friend or to show screenshots to a client or whatever the case may be, which is wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but it was, it was surprising. And because of that, it's caused me to, to some degree, rethink uh, Peak of View's purpose in life and whether it really should be pretty exclusively designed for little hands or should it be a not more full featured but you know slightly different build my feature you coward yes i'm it's build on the list my feature. it's on the list so that for those who don't remember mike wants to be able to select a series of photos and just make it like a a de facto album within peak. like a temporary peak of you album you know that's what i want which does make sense and it might happen we'll see uh-huh. but um but anyways but yeah so it got it a lot of requests for things that i really hadn't planned to build, but for the most part were reasonable requests. You know, they they weren't completely out of left field. Uh, in terms of sales, it has not gone terribly well, which is why I'm kind of pumping the brakes a little bit on building Mike's feature. Um, I, I would say it's done about a quarter of what Vignette did and Vignette did, did well, like it wouldn't, it didn't do great, but. So I have a, a challenge on mm-hmm. this for you. How much time did this one take to make compared to vignette ah uh, yeah you, you're just brutal you're a bad cop today um i would say because i don't have time tracking michael of course you don't because uh-huh. i mean imagine how easy this equation would have been if you could just go let me open up my time tracking application and tell you but i will say i will concede and i'm going to regret doing this so badly but i will concede that there have been a couple of moments where i've thought hmm I kind of wish I did have that information for this. Yeah. Imagine, imagine the business decisions you could make with data available to you. <laughs> imagine that. Um, but no, to your, to answer your question, uh, peak of you took from November through what early February, I believe it was. Yeah. And, uh, but, like that included, but that included uh, a big holiday break yeah. as well. So it was quite a bit less and it was probably, because well, that's my point. It's like, I, I bet that like, your like earnings per hour or earnings per day mm-hmm. is actually pretty similar because vignette Probably. took a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just trying to needle you, but this is the benefit of time tracking because if you are feeling dejected right now about what it made, I don't know if you are, it's up to you if you want to talk about that, mm-hmm. but you could at least say, well, it actually wasn't off my hours per dollar ratio. Sure. 
And then you could be like, that's fine then. I'm not dejected about how much it's made. I was at first. I'm not now. Um, I, I'm not enthusiastic about it, though. Like, peak, uh, Vignette, I was relatively enthusiastic about. I, I feel like Vignette did all right. Uh, peak of View is done meh. And I do think, to your point, you know, considering if if you were to consider how long each of them took and how much money each of them made, I think the ratio is, as you said, probably about level. But yeah. nevertheless, yeah. I I really wish it had done better. It's I mean, honestly, I think you could still you could still bump it up with adding in uh, some additional additional features. Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't think that it is out outside of the realm of possibility that that could happen you know i agree and it also like i don't know how to make it happen but it would be i was envisioning how this would be cool if i was like plugged into the online parenting communities you know or something a little more generic than just a bunch of apple nerds yeah yeah sometimes you have to go and find your audience which isn't easy exactly exactly Anyway, but it's all, all in all, it's, I, I am pleased with it. Uh, I, I did the one major thing, which a lot of people very justifiably complained about, which was on the released version of Peak of View, or the, the initial version of Peak of View, if you zoomed in on a picture, it would only zoom in the center and you couldn't really pan around. And when you released, it would zoom, it would go back to, you know, full size or regular size. And I did that because I thought small fingers, it, you want something that's predictable and that will always bring you back home, so to speak. But a lot of people really didn't like that. And for adults, it was terrible. And so I did end up implementing that, which is much harder than you would think. But I was able to do it. And and I think it's working pretty well. Uh, so that got released. That was the biggest hurdle I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, I'm in the midst of, I think I've got most of the the important guts working now it's just user interface part but some people have said i literally have 500 photo albums and they're all nested in folder you know this folder which has that folder which has that folder which has that folder you know can we do something more than just one flat list of 500 photo albums and so i've gotten most of the plumbing done for that and i think that's going to be the next step is if if i detect that you have more than i don't know maybe 50 photo albums and if i see that you have a bunch of folders or something like that then it'll allow you to like hierarchically browse through your albums to pick the one you want, which will make that one use case considerably better. Uh, and then after that, I'll probably reevaluate and that'll be the time at which I decide whether or not to do Mike's feature, which certainly has appealed to more than just Mike. Um, and so there's a decent chance I'll try it. I want to just like, see if I can help you. I want to explain to you how the feature should work, I think. And okay. then you can, you know, so I think you should be given a UI, which just immediately opens with the with i don't know if you have access to this but like apple's data of of like the look when it breaks down your photos into chunks like not albums Mm -hmm. right when like because apple will do this thing where it's like this location over this period of time and if you're able to get into those it's like such a fast way to pick sure especially vacation photos Mm -hmm. because you could just hit like select all on those and then just uncheck the ones you don't want and then add them in. That does make sense. I think I could build my own UI to get that information. I don't know that there's an easy peasy way to just throw that up. What I mean is I don't know if Apple exposes to you the uh, collections that it makes. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think it does. I am not confident I'm correct. And yeah, you know, when if and when I get the time to to look at this, I will I will probably I'll probably ex- examine exactly that. I mean, the other thing you could do, honestly, is just throw up Apple's native photo picker, and then people could do it themselves. Yeah, yeah, certainly. 
But anyway, but I mean, Peak of View, for anyone who's bought it, I appreciate it. It is still a labor of love. I still quite enjoy it. Um, I, I do feel like even if I walked away from it today, it's in a pretty good spot. I mean, this is just closer to John's apps than Minya. Yeah, absolutely. And and perhaps if if I get 10 of these apps, not that I'm expecting so, but if I get 10 of these apps and they're all making, you know, 10 or 20 bucks a day, well, 10 times 10 is 100 bucks a day, you know, that starts to add up over time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it seems like I am backing myself into, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I'm backing myself into the underscore approach of, you know, hey, find a bunch of stuff that you can mostly let chill and see what you can make of it. No, the underscore approach is good because yeah. like not everybody can have the Marco approach right, of exactly. like, I've had a really good idea and he's done that a couple of times, you know? Um, and that's not typically how most people come up with things. You know, you you have good ideas and then you make those into things. And, you know, that's kind of where you've been. Like, you've had two good ideas. I, I still say, like, I think Vignette was a better idea um, because it was, it's very clever and does something that I haven't seen up in any other place, you know, where like peak of you, you can just hide for, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. the hard, you know, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you can use guided, guided access or whatever. It's all, but like, you know, it is, it was, I think less of a big idea than vignette was, sure. which was much more of a big idea. Um, but then, you know, having a lot of like good ideas on varying levels and you execute all of those well, like that is exactly what made Underscore as successful as, as he is. Yeah. And then over time, some of his r- good ideas became much better and then became like big ideas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I, I can only hope, you know, if I'm if I am able to even closely compare myself or even even vaguely compare myself to Underscore, I feel like that's an incredible compliment to me. And, and that's very successful. I still maintain that Vignette is like it has more opportunity left, but it's whether you want to approach it. Yeah, I think uh, in the now I'm struggling with, you know, I already have the next idea uh, which Mike is aware of, but I'm not going to talk about anymore. And and I'm already getting to the point that I kind of want to scratch that itch and see what's there. And obviously, if I'm doing that, I'm not doing vignette. And I don't argue with you, Mike. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. It's just, it's a tough balancing act when when you have more than one kid to look after, you know? <laughs> so uh, we'll see how that goes. But I have, I have lightly started looking at, for example, LinkedIn support on vignette. And that's just... Oh, it's so complicated and involved, so much more so than anything else. I mean, like, I just think Vignette has such a potential to it, which is just general contact management, like, like much larger contact management. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, use the duplicate duplication tools that you've made to actually help me clean up my contacts. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like, all of the other potential avenues you could go into. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it, it has uh, more avenues to it that could be explored, which could make it more appealing to to some people. Yeah. But uh, we should move on. And we do have a little bit more follow up, but we're going to interrupt the follow up. And would you like to do some recommendations? Yeah. Uh, Next in fashion on Netflix. What it's is amazing. This? It is a uh, fashion competition show. You know, you think of your like bake-offs, that kind of idea, mm-hmm. but it is a fashion show hosted by a television personality, model, designer, uh, Alexa Chung, and Tan France um, from Queer Eye. It is really good. It's a very, very good Netflix reality show. 
Um, and it's basically about finding the next great fashion designer. Very entertaining, very fun, great to binge. Um, it's one of those like high stress but friendly uh, competition shows, which mm-hmm. I enjoy. That is like the ilk of competition show that I enjoy. That like there are stakes, which is everybody wants to win, but they also help each other. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, you know that that works for me a lot. Uh, I really recommend this. It's genuinely fantastically entertaining, and I love Tan. And uh, yeah, and you said that's on Netflix. That is a Netflix show. Well, that is a perfect segue then, because I would like to recommend, although I am only one episode in so far, it is already very good, uh, Drive to Survive, which you had reminded me of. (laughs) You had reminded me of this last episode, and uh, it just came out, what, like a week ago, something like that? And I am only one episode in, but it it is very good. I was worried, because we loved season one, like, absolutely just unbelievably. Just adored it, right? We spoke about it. I already mm-hmm. recommended Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. And the second season, I was like, there's no way it's going to be as good. And what I'll say is, I think that the show is as good. We didn't react to it in the same way, right? Because we knew what we were getting going in. But I mm-hmm. still enjoyed it more than I was worried. You know, when good. I was worried yeah, I wasn't yeah. going to enjoy it as much. But I was like, no, this is really good. And what makes it so good this time is they got access to everybody. So, like, on the first season... McLaren and Ferrari are notably absent from the show, mm-hmm. right? Like they are not on it, but in this season, they are really involved. And in <laughs> fact, the, the overall season arc focuses more on McLaren and Ferrari than anybody else, which I think was warranted. Like there was actually, what it feels like with that show is they will put the focus where they need to, depending on where the stories are through the season. You know, sure. like that's, mm-hmm. it feels like now they have that much more available to them. Like they don't just follow McLaren and Ferrari because they're the best, but they follow them because they actually had some really interesting stories to tell this year about what was going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really just excellent. I cannot wait for the Formula One season to begin, which is next weekend. <laughs> no, you did not pay attention to last season. Is that correct? No, I. Okay, so like I want to talk about Formula One a little bit more because it's kind of funny, really. There seems to be quite a large overlap between the audience that follows me online and liking Formula One. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because I'm getting a lot of people, like, they'll see me like an Instagram photo of a driver. And they're like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> like, this is happening to me a lot. Um, but I used to watch Formula One when I was a kid, like every weekend. Like, I was, I really loved it and then just fell out of it. But, like, I, my, my love for it was always just like surface level, you know, like I watched the races. Now, like, I'm getting back into it in a much bigger way. And the thing that I am, enjoying about it even more it's like adina is also really excited about it so it's like a new thing for the two of us to share together um which i'm excited about like we are both reading the news leading up to the season and we're like oh did you see what happened with ferrari today you know like and that's that's fun so we're gonna we'll we'll start watching um we're gonna start watching next weekend i haven't worked out how we're gonna watch it yet um in the essence of like when because the first Grand Prix is the Australian Grand Prix, which starts at like five in the morning, and we're not waking up at five in the morning for it. Oh, come on. Where's your dedication? I don't know. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll get that <laughs> excited. Like, we actually haven't spoken about it yet, like how sure. we're going to watch it. Maybe we will, because it'll be the first one. So maybe we'll both be a bit excited about it. Uh, and then, you know, and we haven't really picked teams yet, but I have some favorite drivers. And so I'm kind of like, that's the thing that I'm working through right now. Like, who do I really like? Um, and this season has, has kind of like 
it's opened up my eyes up to different people. Like since I was a kid, I have a soft spot for Lewis Hamilton, right? Mm-hmm. But you feel like you can't like Lewis because he's the best. Right. But when I was watching him when I was a kid, he was just starting out Like sure. when I was younger. Not a kid, because we're similar ages. But like when he was starting out and I was watching it, like when he was actually racing for, uh, for McLaren, right? It mm. was super exciting to watch him get better and better, right? And then also I have a thing of he's British, <laughs> so like i am i'm naturally like i gravitate towards that sure but i'd always just figured that oh because he's the best he's gonna be an idiot but he's n- like getting to see him in this season like no he actually seems like a genuinely nice guy and like seems to really care about people so mm-hmm. i can't help but love him uh but also like on my my list of f- current favorites is uh, Carlos Sainz, who rises for McLaren. He just seems really nice and cool, and I love the relationship he has with his cousin, who's his manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lando Norris, also McLaren. So I think I'm like gravitating towards. Oh, well, now slow down though. Is is Lando Norris the one whose dad basically bought him a seat? No, 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 no. That's um... who am I thinking of? You know who I'm thinking of? Yeah. They're Canadian. Yes. And they race for Racing Point. Yes. Because he was previously at um, uh, Williams, but then his dad invested in Racing Point and moved in there. I don't remember the the guy's name right now. You can look that up. Uh, Alex Albon, who races for Red Bull, also uh, he's Thai British, and he has like a learning about him in this season is really interesting. And Esteban Ocon, who's Uh, also amazing. And he's back in this year. So these are like my current roster, and uh, so I'm I'm starting to gra- gravitate towards uh, McLaren, which is funny for something that I'm going to talk about soon Uh-oh. that you know about mm-hmm. that is happening before the next episode. Uh huh. Oh, I'd, I'd forgotten about that, but I do know about it, and I had forgotten, yep. and now I'm analogs become the Formula One. Uh, show. Actually, people want the Formula One podcast. This is where it... you have a little time. That may happen. You you joke, but it may happen. No, I mean, like maybe that just becomes a part of this show as we talk about Formula One a lot. We'll find out. But yeah, uh, it's funny you bring up. Uh, you know, so I have, like I said, I've only seen the first episode of the current season of Drive to Survive, which, if you're not familiar, is covering last year's F1 season. You know, because obviously, yeah, which is also so good about when it comes out. Like they debut the seasons like a couple of weeks before the next season to get you like super. but like if you've been watching it you're aware of what's going on but you don't get to see like the inside conversations right so right so i watched that first season of drive to survive which covered the 2018 f1 season Mm -hmm. and i just fell in love with uh, esteban Ocon. he just seemed like such a genuinely nice human being who was so appreciative of all the opportunities he'd been given and just really just wanted to do the do right by everyone and so he he's my guy and then I also really liked Daniel Ricardo. I think that that's a little bit more polarizing, that choice, but he seemed to also be a nice guy to me. It's like, I almost feel like I want to like him, but then he makes me not like him. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> right? That's fair. But I do find him very exciting. Like his ability is very exciting to me. And I'm intrigued to see what Red Bull do this year. Cause like, there is a possibility they could unseat Ferrari. That's the thing is that now Ricardo and Ocon are both racing for uh, Renault. And is, do mm-hmm. I have that Red right? Bull. I'm sorry, Red Bull. Yeah, Ocon's not face, not racing for Red Bull. Ocon's fa- is racing for Renault. 
Oh, that's right. I thought they were together. No, you're right. I'm sorry. I got myself all backwards. You're absolutely mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, I, I was going to say I can watch the two of them on the same team, but you're right. You still got Max Verstappen. That's right. Yep. He's the, you know, he's the one, Wunderkind, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's going to be a really exciting season. And last year, I had put it, I, I basically recorded them, DVR'd them, and then put them on when Declan and I were awake. And we would kind of have it on as background noise. And he, to the most a four-year-old can, was getting into it. And so The races, you the mean? The races, yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I wasn't having him watch the show, goodness no. But, uh, I was going to say. <laughs> it's like, listen, that, that's like background. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, no. It's, it's a very good show, but not appropriate for a four-year-old. Uh, so no. anyway, so I, I plan to start putting these on. You know, I'll DVR them and put them on in the background while we're, you know, eating breakfast or something like that. And, and watching him get excited. I believe he really enjoyed Ferrari last year uh, in no small part because Ferrari plays like a bit role in uh, in cars, you know, the the Pixar movie. And oh, really? So, yeah, because the the pit the the pit crew, the people who own, um, oh, gosh, uh, Luigi's Tire Barn or whatever, you know, so the, the people who do the tires for Lightning McQueen, uh, sure. they're Italian in the movie. And so they're right. obsessed with Ferrari, et cetera, et cetera. And at the very end of Cars 1, uh, Schumacher shows up because of the time he was That's racing easy. for Ferrari. And um, That's cool. And does a little cameo. So, anyways, uh, Declan really enjoyed Ferrari last year. We'll see what happens this year. But I am, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I've had a, a lot of friends over the years say, "Oh my God, F1 is so good! It's so good! It's so good! It's so good! Why don't Why don't you watch it? Why don't you watch it? It's nothing but racing and engineering, which are like your two passions. Why are you not on this bandwagon?" I, I, honestly, for me, it's the drama. Agreed, and that's the thing is that it took yeah. me seeing the drama yeah. in order to really get me into it. And I feel like there's a probably very strong parallel to professional wrestling that I'm choosing not to make here, but it's probably. Oh, Oh, yeah. But it, it, it certainly but strikes me. there's the me. inside. There's the inside and the outside. Like, that's the fun thing if you really love professional wrestling is you have what you see on TV, but then there's, like, the real stuff that's happening <laughs> behind <laughs> the show. Sure. And there are similarities in that where, like, you've got the show, which is the race, but then there's everything happening afterwards. And that I think that's why I'm drawn to it is, like, that is the stuff that I like. You know, we have the technology products, but then we also have what is happening behind, like at Apple. That's yeah. what we care about, mm-hmm. right? The rumors, the conjecture, the the pontificating, like the theorizing. And I think I'm going to get a lot of that out of F1. I agree. So. Yeah. And so let's let's make a deal. I will... I will make a deal that we will that I will finish this season of Drive to Survive by the time we record our next analog. And let's at least put it in the show notes as a topic of discussion, both the, the series, Drive to Survive, as well as whatever races have occurred. You said the Australian Grand Prix for sure. I haven't looked at the calendar, so I don't know if there'll be any others before we record next. But let's just let's dedicate a little segment. Mm, there might be like one more, but I think it, there should be, probably be two races by the time. By the time we get around to it, so let's let's add that as maybe a pre-relay your feels section for next next episode. And if we like it, maybe we'll keep up with it. And if we don't, then we'll never do it again. Yeah, how funny though! This is my first sports podcast. I know. I never saw this happening. <laughs> I never saw this happening in a million years. Uh, one quick addendum or addition to my recommendations. I won't belabor this because it's ancient. But uh, Aaron and I binged Downton Abbey over the last month or two. The whole thing. Yeah. Holy moly, get a job, Casey Liss. Yeah, it's it's really good. Who knew? I watched the first episode and was like, oh, yeah, this is not for me. And then the last like 10 minutes of the first episode, there was a twist. Uh, I don't even remember what happened, but I was like, oh. And then fast forward like two or three episodes later, and now I'm the one begging Aaron to watch, which she was the one who asked me to watch it originally. And now I'm like, oh, 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 the kids are in bed. Let's watch. Let's watch. Let's watch. And uh, I, I enjoyed it 
way more than I expected. It's a you know a historical drama about rich, fancy people in Britain, and it, on paper that sounds terrible, but it was actually very, very good. You said you, you and I talk, spoke privately. You have not seen it. Is that correct? No. Okay. I'm not interested in Downton Abbey. I don't know why. Like, I've seen some of it, and it's like, okay. Because you've lived it, man. Because you've lived it. Mm, I don't think you understand <laughs> what, it's, what, what it's like to live here. Yeah, fair enough. You know, actually, something that was in the show notes, which we're probably not going to get to today, but I wanted to ask you about is what's going on with uh, Megan and, and uh, Harry. Do I have that right? Um, and yeah, what your take on I mean, all that was. Uh, we'll talk about it another time. All right, fair enough. All right, what else is awesome these days? Pingdom. Let me talk about Pingdom. First sponsor of this episode. While you've been listening to the show, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if your customers couldn't click that buy now button or access your most recent blog post? You could stumble across this problem by luck. You could have someone tweet or email you, but that's no good. You want a real system. You need something to tell you when everything is running smoothly on your website and more importantly, when it isn't, and this is what Pingdom will do. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. Hopefully, they won't be all your website. That would be <laughs> unfortunate for you. But that's because that's more than 400,000 outages a day. I don't even think there's enough time in the day. Pingdom helps keep your sites and the sites that you love online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company. You want alerts about any critical website issues. And Pingdom will let you customize how you're alerted depending on the severity of the outage as well. Uh, they're also going to track and analyze your website's load time so you can see what's affecting your user experience and you'll get reports from them as well so you can know just how well your website is performing at any given period. If you have a site of any size, you want Pingdom and they have a no-fuss approach to get started. All they need is the URL that you want to monitor and they'll take care of everything else. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code analog at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice a thanks to pingdom from solo wins for their support of this show and relay fm michael you have released something new into the world and One i could argue casey list mm-hmm. that i have too much going on in my life oh do you ever? that is what this next chunk of the show is about is the <laughs> fact that ever? mike has too many things happening mm-hmm. so you have released something new into the world let's start with test drivers congratulations Thank I, you. I have listened to the first episode, or excuse me, the second episode. I skipped the first because I heard you tell me to on upgrade, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, it was it was very entertaining. Uh, as we spoke bef- spoke about before the sh- we started recording, I have learned that I really don't care that much about Android, but yet the mm-hmm. show was still very good. Uh, it's a new show. It's not just Android. Sure, it, it's Android at the moment, but really the show is going to be focusing on all of technology. I've wanted to do a show like this for a long time because I care about more than just Apple technology. I care about all technology from PCs to games consoles to Android phones to Apple products. Right? Like, I care about all of them, but haven't really had the ability to go into as much depth about stuff that isn't Apple uh, on the current shows that I do. So I'm working with Austin Evans, who's one of my favorite YouTubers. I've been a fan of Austin's for years. Um, we have this show called The Test Drivers. We are the test drivers. We test technology. Um, so the first few episodes have been around Samsung's newest products because they kind of dominate this time of the year in kind of the wider technology picture, right? Cleverly, Samsung released their phones earlier than everybody else. Um, so that's been a big thing. But we've got a lot of really interesting stuff that we're planning for this show. Um, as well as like helping me navigate the products that I should be bringing into my life to have a broader understanding of everything going on. We're going to be testing out some older technology, 
um, we're going to be focusing on everything. So as the year goes on, if you want to know what's cool, what's new, what's interesting in the wider world of technology, you should be listening to The Test Drivers. It's at relay.fm slash test drivers. Uh, you can go check it out there. It's interesting. It's a completely different type of show for me, working in different ways. Like I'm very enthused about where this product project could end up going. Yeah, I uh, definitely recommend giving it a shot. And uh, like I said, I really was I was amazed by the the landscape of Android phones today because I thought uh-huh. I knew and I did not know. So, yeah, that's episode two, yep. which is a good starting point. Uh, if you listen to episode two or episode three, depending on when you hear this, um, the third episode will be out sometime not too long after this episode comes out. Um, then I would recommend giving this one a go because you can understand a little bit more about like what what I was trying to work out, which is if I'm trying to buy an Android phone, how on earth do I do it? Because Apple make it so easy, right? You just buy the most recent phone, but it doesn't work like that so easily with Android phones. Yep. No, it it is a very entertaining show. And I wasn't actually that familiar with Austin. And so this was one of my first real exposures to Austin. And uh, it turns out he knows what he's talking about. Who knew? He sure does. <laughs> uh, also, as we're recording this, uh, less than 24 hours ago, we posted the uh, 2020 Panatic Kickstarter campaign. Uh, we met our goal in five and a half hours, which I think is the fastest we've ever done. It was one of the most, one of the more expensive goals as well that we had. Um, so as we're talking right now we've raised uh thirty seven thousand uh, dollars against the goal of thirty thousand dollars so this is going to be for hopefully the atlanta and dallas pen shows um we're going to be going to those two shows coronavirus could change that mm-hmm. uh, we're very aware of this you know i was talking to brad about this today we don't really know what, what the situation will be like even in april it's like the the pen that the uh atlanta pen show is only a month away could be fine. I mean, coronavirus could still be out there, but it doesn't mean that all gatherings must end. But potentially, right? This is a relatively small event, um, but we're going to wait and see on that one. But that's maybe not a story for today. But uh, but we're also creating a uh, pen, which is near and dear to my heart. So one of my favorite pens is called the Retro 51. It's been a pen that I've been using for years. And the company's closing down, which is... Well, really, not for any bad reason. Like, the owners want to retire. So they're retiring, which is very sad. Um, So we are celebrating that company by creating a a pen called the Retro 51 Celebration. Where every Retro 51 has what's called like a finial at at the very top of the pen on the part that you push down. They put a little design because every single Retro 51 pen is has a completely different design, which is what makes them so fun. And they're all themed in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all have these little discs at the top, which have a, a little icon, which is about the pen itself, right? Like they have baseball themed pens and they'll have a little baseball on the top or whatever. So we're taking 51 of those designs and putting them on a polka dot pattern around the pen. So oh, that's cool. It's really nice. I named it, which I'm so happy about, which is to call it the celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I'm just really pleased that we're able to do this because otherwise, this I always because this pen they work with a lot, like this company works with a lot of people. So you can, you know, Brad's had multiple Retro 51 designs and lots of other people in the pen community have. And I never did because I just didn't have an idea that I was really wanted to do. But it was always in my mind that at some point I'll make a Retro 51. Sure. So, but I then I was worried that that was going to go away. But luckily, they agreed to work with us on this. Probably one of their final 
uh, what final pens that they're going to make. So uh, we blew the doors off this campaign. <laughs> you know, we were say we were funded in in five hours, which is much faster than any other time because people uh, people wanted to get in on this one. We're later than usual because this took a long, little bit longer to come together because we're we're working with an external company to mm-hmm. do the reward. Where usually it's Brad that does it, right? right? Like Brad's company, Knock does it, so we can just launch it whenever. The funny thing is provided that everything goes normal and we do go to the Atlanta Pen Show where we do our live show, the pen a- the, the campaign that takes us to that show will be ending like two hours before we go live. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So there are some timing issues with this campaign. But that's kind of funny that like basically the campaign ends and then we immediately start the show. But this is the the thing that's changed for us over time. Like the first time we did this, it was like without that money... I wasn't going to be able to get to Atlanta. Sure. Uh, but this time it's like, I can afford it and we'll be reimbursed later. But yeah, so that's one thing going on. And then the main event, I guess the thing you really want to talk about is mega studio. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Mega studio. What is yeah. going on? So congratulations. First of all, Thank you. that, Thank you. that you have finally pulled the trigger on getting yourself a space outside the home. I know you've been talking about this for easily six months, probably a year now. Um, this is very exciting. I've seen a couple of pictures. I've only seen stuff that has been shared publicly. I don't think you've sent me anything privately as yet. Not yet. Cause I don't really have much. It's a big space, Mike. Big space. 600 square, th- square feet. That is a lot of space. Yeah. It's a lot of space. Now you had said, I think you did say privately, or perhaps you said this on Cortex and we'll put a link to the relevant episode in court of Cortex in the show notes. You had said it's like half an hour by public transit and like 10 minutes by car. Is that right? Yeah. And is that closer, further, or exactly where you want it to be? Uh, I would obviously love it a little bit closer. I mean, I'd love to have something in walking distance, but as far as a commute goes, that's the maximum commute that I would be, like, happy to do. Mm-hmm. Half an hour, like, it's not too bad, right? And, you know, if it's it's good to be such a short driving distance in case we need to get a taxi if we're moving stuff, right? That we've been taking, like, things here and there, right? Deliveries mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's been pretty good for that. So before we get into the the progress and kind of where things stand, I'd like to know a little bit more about the end game. So mm. it sounded like, and I, we don't have to repeat all of Cortex, but just in, in broad strokes, it sounds like the idea is for both you and Adina to work out of there some portion of every week. And that's my first question. Like, do you yeah. plan to wake up at, you know, or go, do like a nine to five at the studio or do you plan to be a little more flexible than that? Probably not nine to five, right? Because if I was leaving at five, I wouldn't be able to record most of my shows. I would <laughs> have enough. to leave yeah. halfway through them, you know. Sure. <laughs> but we will most li- most likely do most days a week a typical working time, right? So we might be there from like twelve till eight or twelve till nine, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and and I expect that we will be going together most days, mm-hmm. and and Adina might not stay for as long as I do. Because, you know, when I'm recording, she kind of has to be quiet because we're not building a room in the space. Like, I'm not interested in building a room. Right. Um, we're going to we're gonna find a way to, like, visually break up my recording area because I just want to... I don't like the thought of recording and having my headphones on and people being behind me. <laughs> sure. I just, I just don't like that. It makes me right. uncomfortable. So right. I'll have, like, a screen behind me and then, you know will only see people from my sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and she can, with the way that it's going to be set up and with how good my microphone is, she could be in the room and it's not going to be a problem. 
but at the same time, if she makes a loud noise, but uh, that's going to be difficult for the audio, right? So we're just going to have to balance that out together. But honestly, like she's in the house when I'm recording, <laughs> and that's not too much of an issue. So like sure. I don't see it being a big problem. Um, but it's just going to be one of those things that we'll tweak. But she also doesn't necessarily have to be there as for as much as i am there and i could not be there when she is there depending on how we're wanting to work you know totally and so this would be you know roughly a full work week even if it's not at traditional working hours and it sounds like you envision several different stations in in the, in the very end and again we'll I, w- I would like to explore how we're getting to this point in a moment but the the end goal is obviously a podcast recording station where presumably your iMac Pro will live i think and then what you had mentioned something about like kind of a loungy area on cortex perhaps at the yeah. opposite end of the space and i should note yeah. that the space and i'm sure mike will put a link in the show notes is is kind of very very long but just a big big rectangular box mhm uh it's not that thin i mean the the main photo that you see is from a wide angle lens so ah, it distorts okay. things a little bit okay mm. um but it is it's it's you know it's comfortably sized uh in, in all directions so basically the the kind of the main plan right now is a a selection of sections so we have a lounge uh, which will have a sofa and TV and a chair and a beanbag chair, which I'm very excited about. Oh, beanbag chairs are delightful. Got the beanbag chair, waiting for the sofa. Um, then we'll, Edina will have a desk. There will be a second desk for visitors or whatever. So it will be set up for people come to visit. So they can just plug in and they're ready to go. Are you just going to call that the Casey desk or is that just going to be, or are you going to have a different name for it? Just in Casey. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> Uh, and then, well done. <laughs> just in case he somebody visits, that's that's the full name of the desk. And then I'm gonna have two desks. I'm gonna have a desk for recording, and then a desk for editing and any other work that I'm doing. So I'll have like my main desk, then my recording desk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I want them set up differently, um, and I don't need what each of them will have all of the time. Sure. And considering I have the space and do need to fill the space with furniture for many reasons, um, especially to help with the sound, which is an, a little bit of a nightmare, but we're break, we're like making progress on that. Um, then we're going to get there. People keep saying to me, oh, you got to hire a professional, got to hire a professional. Adina's very good and she's been doing the research and I'm very comfortable with the, with what she's, what she's come across. Like, you can find many people that have soundproofed spaces on their own mm-hmm. and professionals will want to do things to the space that I don't want done, like building a room. I don't want to do that because basically the, the, everything is costing a lot of money for this space <laughs> and whatever I spend money on, I want to be able to easily take with me when we move space in a few years time, which will inevitably happen. Right. Of course. So, I'm, we have we're currently working on options which are adding sound isolation in and still able to be moved. Mm-hmm. And we've made great strides. Like we've found some products, we need to buy more of them. But I'm doing tests with my microphone, and I, I'm pretty confident that with the steps that we're taking, we will be in a very adequate position. Excellent. All right, so you have a pretty solid vision. You have a pretty solid uh, end game. But 
where are things today? And I ask because mm. we, you and I spoke privately a week or two ago, and you were basically saying in so many words, what have I done? Will this ever end? What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been a bit of a roller coaster as like <laughs> things have and haven't been working. Sure. Um, because really, like we were trying to do, because the main problem is I can't stop recording there until our sound situation is taken care of, right? Sure. which is that the echo is removed in the room. And one thing is we don't have all the furniture we want yet. And a lot of the soft furniture is still on the way, which will make a difference, but not, you know, it's not going to fix it, but it'll make a difference. And we've ordered some like professional soundproofing stuff, but professional soundproofing equipment takes a long time because a lot of it is made. Right? Uh, so like we've ordered okay. these screens or whatever, and, and there there isn't a lot of this type of stuff that companies are keeping in stock. They're like made to order. So, but we were trying some things out and they weren't working. You know, like we were just like ideas we were having. It was like, oh, what if we put a blanket like over mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. like suspended a blanket over me? Then, you know, I would be happy with that. I would feel enclosed, which is kind of what I want. Not too much, but like a little bit enclosed, right? Because I don't like the idea of people being around. You know, we could suspend a couple of blankets over the area and then like that would do the job. And then we tried it and it did nothing, right? It just didn't work. Huh, surprising. But then it was like, well, but then you know, I was like, well, let me start investigating. It's like really look, like looking into this. So she she spent like a day and a half watching YouTube videos, reading things, and she was like, oh, well, what we need is a sound isolating blanket. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. And there are such things. They're heavy, but they work. We mm. ordered one. I draped it over myself. Completely eliminated the echo. Oh wow! But that's not. It, you know, but that is like me holding the blanket over me, right? <laughs> sure. Which is not the thing. So, you know, we have, um, we bought some foam, but the foam that we bought, it doesn't do what we need. It's not aggressive enough. Interesting. Okay. So we have ordered some like professional sound isolating panels, like actual panels that are used by professionals. We did a bunch of research, found some that we liked. Um, these are typically the things that I've seen in YouTuber studios. Mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. have these panels on the walls so we've ordered some of those they're on the way but again all this stuff is made it's all like made and shipped uh and then so then my hope is we're gonna use the panels on the walls panels like freestanding panels behind me and then one or two of these sound isolating blankets and that will get us to where we want to be but this is just like the first stage what I want is what I want. It's the <laughs> is to be able to have enough done that we can start recording there and then make it better. Mm -hmm. But we can't spend a lot of time in the space until I'm able to record there because we have to go and then we can do what we need to do and they have to come home to record. And yeah. that is being frustrating. So I we can can't spend imagine. as much time as we want to be able to spend there until we get the sound stuffs taken care of. But basically all of the things that we're looking for should be arriving before the end of the month, which is the goal, like to be able to have it in a stage where I'm recording my first podcast from Mega Studio by the end of March. That's the, that's the goal. Uh, see, I can't call dibs on that one because we won't be until uh, next month. That's all right. Well, you never know. You know. Well, you never know. Here's hoping that I don't end up calling dibs on it because then you're done when you want to be done. I thought it was interesting listening to Cortex. Uh, you had talked more about the kind of ones and zeros and then the money of the situation in the sense that, you know, I found it fascinating that you had said 
you know, every every day or every week or month or whatever that I'm not actively using the office as an office or the studio as a studio, you know an exact figure as to how much that's costing you. You know, you know that that's a hundred pounds or whatever out the out mm-hmm. the window that that mm-hmm. you have that you've wasted to some degree. Like obviously, there's for good reason. I just paid my first my like my first full rent payment, mm-hmm. and like I paid it six days ago. And in those six, the first six days, I've been there one day. Right. <laughs> and that's not what I want. I wanted to have been there maybe three or four of those days because it was a weekend. Yeah. But, you know, I just haven't been able to this week because I've been recording in the middle of the days or whatever. And, I, and it's just, it's too disruptive. Um, for, plus, Adina's away at the moment. So I would be doing anything that seems to be done, I'd be doing on my own. And I also have another job to do. Right, like at the moment, I feel like I'm working two full time jobs, you know, because mm-hmm. like, well, at least it has been like, you know, because like we have we've been spending five or six hours at the studio doing studio related things. Then I'm coming home and doing the rest, like my actual work day, and that isn't that's not sustainable, right? But like, it is only supposed. It's like when we moved house. Yep. This is just what it's going to be for like like for a little bit. Yeah, and it stinks, and it's especially hard that. You know, here it is, you're spending hours at, at the studio doing more often than not like manual labor, you know, lifting things, moving things, et cetera. And then you're wiped and you come home and have to be 100% on a show, you know, or maybe even two or three shows, depending on your schedule. So I do not envy you. Um, and I said to you privately, you know, something along the lines of it's, you know, you, you, you're ignoring the the sweet bliss and momentum of the status quo at your own peril. And and I do think it's for the best, but... Our life plans require me giving up my home office. Right. That's point one. Point two is, like, Adina has no space here to work. So her work was just in everywhere else in the house, which basically just meant every room in our home had some element of work to it, and we didn't want to live like that anymore. So between those two things, like, we we needed to do it, and it's always best to make a big change before you have to. Yep. So, well, I am excited for you. I do not envy you at this particular stage, although I am very much looking forward to someday somehow using the Justin Casey desk. It's all be all yours, baby. I'm going to have it set up. Like it's going to have a monitor, a keyboard, a mouse on it. And then like just a Thunderbolt cable. And then people can just plug in and they're good to go. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. That is very exciting. Yep, that's the plan. Which means I'm also in the... I, I have to work out my technology situation, which is... Yes, actually, that's true. We meant to t- I meant to t- ask you about this, and I completely forgot. So is the plan... Right, let's put- pause here. Let's take a second oh, break, good, good idea, and then we can idea. talk about this, because maybe you can help me. Uh, probably not. <laughs> let's we'll try. Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. They let you easily create a website for your next idea. With a unique domain name, award-winning templates available, and more, they have everything that you are looking for. There's an all-in-one platform. That's what Squarespace is all about. You don't have to install or patch or upgrade anything. They've got everything you need. You don't have to worry about it. They even back it up with 24-7 customer support. No matter what type of website you want to make, Squarespace has the tools. When I say they're an all-in-one platform, I mean it. If you want to make a blog, if you want to make a site for your podcast, maybe your business. What about a band? What about a site for your local club, an event you've got coming up? Maybe you want to sell your physical or digital goods. You can integrate an online store. Squarespace has all of the functionality you're going to need. It's super easy to turn on and off what you want. The websites are all built with drag and drop tools, and they have wonderful uh, options available to help you customize the look of your site 
to meet what you are after. They have everything that you're looking for. You want to build, you want to make a logo? You can make that on Squarespace. You need to send an email campaign? You can do that with Squarespace. Whatever you want to do, they've got it. Go and look at it for yourself right now. Go to squarespace.com slash analog. You can sign up for a trial. You don't even need to give them your credit card. You can build your entire website. And then when you're ready to launch it to the world, you sign up for one of their plans. They start at $12 a month, but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show by going to squarespace.com analog and using the code analog at checkout to get that 10% off. That's squarespace.com slash analog and the code analog for 10% of your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. All right, so tell me about your computing situation, options, plan, et cetera, because I had assumed you wanted your iMac Pro to live there and then you would just use mm-hmm. your iPad everywhere else or iPads. Yep. But what, what are other options that you're considering? Well, let me tell you. I've got two desks, right? Both desks have two VESA arms on them. Mm-hmm. So they're like, it's, it's a VESA mount and it has like two arms that come off of it. So it can have, in theory, two things. Sure. At the moment, on both of those desks, I have a laptop stand. So like one of them is a laptop stand. Okay. So you can put a laptop on it and then you can move it around, right? So if you were using a laptop with a screen, you could then still have two screens because like the laptop is suspended in the air, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. People are going to ask what desk I'm using. Like I just know this. So there is a company called Fully, F-U-L-L-Y, who are going to be a sponsor on some of my shows in the future. When I saw their options, I bought two desks with my own money, <laughs> right? Because they had exactly what I was looking for. They have a desk called the Jarvis desk, which I think is considered to be one of like the best, like one of the wire cutter picks. Oh, this looks very good. Yeah, fully. I think they they make some of their own stuff, and they they like have stuff that they curate, right? Um, but I saw it and I was like, this is exactly what I was looking for. So I bought two desks. I'm sure at some point in the near future, they are going to give me products, right? As part of the the advertising. Mm-hmm. So I have stuff to try out. But I just want to be completely upfront with this that like I bought two of these desks with my own money, right? So uh so yeah. It's just I don't want people to hear this now and then be like, ah, oh, it was just a shill. Like, <laughs> that's not that's not it. I bought these desks. Anyway. So uh, I bought the Jarvis desk. You can cut what I like. You can customize. You can. They have like a customization tool, and I was able to go in and like be like, I want this desk with the standing stuff, and they're expensive, right? Uh, and uh, with two arms and all that. Like you can like really get exactly what you want, right? So I have these desks. They have the two arms on them. The regular desk, right? I'm gonna have. Um, on the laptop stand, I'll probably just put my iPad. For, it works perfectly. Or I'm going to get... like There are companies that make VESA iPad clamps. I'm going to look into those as well. Mm-hmm. That will be one side. So I can just have my iPad suspended, use it with a keyboard and mouse, which is what I do now a lot uh, because it's a real computer. And then on the other arm, I'm going to suspend my iMac Pro, which I'm terrified and excited about. Now, do you you, you have a stand for the iMac Pro, right? Yeah, yeah, it's on the stand. So yeah. how are you going to convert it to a Visa mount then? Because I didn't think that was possible. You can just buy the Visa mount for the iMac Pro. This is one of the differences between uh, the iMac Pro and the regular iMac is you didn't have to choose. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can just buy the uh, oh, I didn't know that. The mount. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually one of the things that it's kind of went under the radar because, like, why would you care? 
right? You know, like if you didn't need to know, why would you know? Sure. But yeah, so that's one of the great things is like you you just take the foot off and then you can uh, put the face and arm on it. So huh. yeah, it's nice, right? So what I will then have is I have a very large desk. Uh, I've got like the biggest desk they could buy and I have to have a ton of space on the desk. Super excited about that, right? Uh, so yeah, that's what I want on that desk, right? And then on the other desk... I am going to do a monitor and a laptop. You don't believe in laptops, though, man. That's why you have iPads. No. What do I use when I'm recording on from hotel rooms? Yeah, but that's only because you have to. Right, but see, this is the plan. The plan is I have a laptop, which is my recording laptop. I record from it at the studio, and then I record from it on the road. It's always the same machine. Mm. Right, mm -hmm. stays mm -hmm. bare bones, doesn't have anything else on it. Basically, like it's just enough to record with. That's the the dream. I got you. And so I have a first generation MacBook Pro with no touch bar. Mm -hmm. I have that currently. That's what I've been using. The thirteen inch. The thirteen inch. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I hate it now. I hate the keyboard. It's getting it slow. It's currently like this, this thing I'm trying to do. Like I was trying to export a Final Cut video on it recently. I had it plugged into the charger and the power was depleting faster. And it, it's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so that's what I'm using the Lona 16-inch MacBook Pro for right now. It's not setting it up like that. And what I'm hoping will happen is that sometime in the near future, the smaller MacBook Pro gets updated. Sure, sure, sure. Because that's what I want. Because I don't... 16 is too big for me. For, as your only computer, that is, it is an incredible computer. Oh, I couldn't agree more. The mm -hmm. size is perfect, right? But not if you want to travel with it. Like, it, I would love the 16 in the office all the time. That would be great. But I don't think I would be happy to put that in a backpack. So, but we'll see. Because if the weight difference between the 14 and the 16 isn't that much, when if they eventually release the 14, then maybe I go with the 16. I haven't made my mind up yet, right? But I'm not buying anything yet until there is some kind of sign of life on the smaller MacBook Pro. I think that's my plan, but we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. But so the issue that I have, right, is around monitors. Okay. I don't know what monitor to get. You absolutely get the ultra-fine whatever-whatever if it's still being made. Right. So, so we've got a couple of things in this. One, the ultra-fine isn't currently available very well. Because they're, I think they're switching it over. But Gray has like a hundred of them. You can just take his. The f I want the five K if I'm going to get one because I think he has the four K. Oh, really? Yeah, mm. I believe if he has one of the five Ks, I haven't actually asked him. Then I would just take it off his hands, no problemo. But the current five K is like a month backordered on Apple's website, and I th and I believe at least in the U well in the UK it is anyway. I think it's because they're they're actually changing over. Uh, LG is changing over the ultra fine. There's like a new model coming, uh, mm -hmm. which is also a thing like I don't want to buy it now. But anyway, like, but so here's the question. Do I definitely want a Thunderbolt 3 monitor? Well, I thought the new LG 5K supports USB-C, right? The one that I thought that around the time the iMac or excuse me, the iPad Pro came out, I thought they changed the 5K so that it could be driven by an iPad, but I, I you would have to ask Federico. Yeah, but no, I, I'm I'm talking like let's just start with the laptop desk, the recording desk. Mm -hmm. I want to have a monitor on that desk. 
that the that the laptop is plugged into. Mm-hmm. Do I want to go with the Ultrafine? Because mutual friend and friend of the show, Alex Cox, has been blowing up my iMessage telling me not to buy this monitor. Because it's finicky and flaky and whatnot. I don't know why. They just keep telling me not to buy it. <laughs> yeah, so my dad has one, and I would probably trust Alex's opinion over my dad's because, you know, for dad, it's oh, basically... Oh, damn, dad. Well, it's, it's because for him, it's basically just a glorified desktop. Like, he clamshells his Mac. He almost never unplugs it. You know what I mean? So, mm. so he doesn't really run into a lot of the issues that Alex probably has. But his experience, for what it's worth, has been really good. And generally speaking, it works really well. Um, I guess the alternative is you just get the, uh, the super mega ultra display XDR and, and call it a day. I'm not buying a pro display XDR, (laughs) right? Like I look, I've seen one and desperately want one. Of course. Because they are amazing, but I'm not buying it. I'm not spending 5,000 pounds on a, on a monitor. (laughs) Yeah, I don't blame you. If I'm also buying a laptop. If I wasn't buying a laptop, maybe I would consider it, right? Like, sure, I'm a monster, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not buying a laptop for like five grand, and then also buying a monitor for five grand. Then this desk is not the Justin Casey desk, right? That is a the, the Justin Casey desk is a third desk in your in your world. Yeah, Justin Casey desk is probably going to get like a 4K display or something, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna just, uh, maybe you know maybe that's where I help Gray unload one of his monitors, right? Oh, just take point. it for the Justin Casey desk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll ask him if he still has those. I don't know if he's throwing them out the window or something yet because he <laughs> seems to really really despise them. But yeah, this is my pro because then it's like. I also want a dock, probably, right? I and I think I know what dock I want. There's a company called CalDigit. You come across this company before? I've heard of it. Yeah, they seem to make really good Thunderbolt three docks. Um, so I'm probably going to go with them if I want to get docks. But then I'm like also a little bit confused about like what can I, what kind type of monitor can I use with one of these docks? Does it have to be a Thunderbolt? I don't think it does because it's got a Display Port. So in theory, if I use one of these docks, I could get any monitor I want. Well, yeah, careful though. So one See, of the this things, is the problem. So, oh, so, so here's the thing. So I'm looking at the CalDigit Mini Dock, and that uh-huh. has let's see what it has here. It looks like it has two HDMI ports, two traditional USB and Ethernet. Yeah. And the thing with that is, in my experience, which is limited, I'll be the first to tell you, when I was setting up my work situation a couple of years ago at my last jobby job. We got some reasonably decent and very affordable, um, I think they were LG 4K displays. And mm-hmm. I found that when I tried to run them over HDMI at the time, and, and I know that HDMI changes even though the cables all look the same, same problem as USB-C, right? Um, but at the time in 2016, if I plugged in a HDMI cable to my MacBook Pro, which at the time had an HDMI out, and if I plugged that the other end of that cable into one of these 4K displays, it would only run at 30 hertz, which means it looks totally jumpy and terrible. And mm. the only way I could get it to run at 60 hertz, which is what we're used to, is by using Mini DisplayPort. So looking at... They have... All right, so I would probably get... They have a product called the TS3 Plus. That's what I was going to say, is that you want that. And that has DisplayPort and 10 gigabit Ethernet and mm-hmm. two Thunderbolt 3s and... Because it is, I'm, I'm, I want these on each desk, both my desk and the Justin um, Casey desk. Yeah, no, and the like the recording desk, and maybe the Justin Casey desk. 
Uh, yeah, probably that's what I want too, right? So people can plug in. And that this has got like a lot of I/O on it. And I'm just wondering, is this would this work? Like, could I, in theory, plug any monitor I wanted in at that point? See, I don't know about 5K. I'm not as familiar with what 5K needs. What mm-hmm. I would do if I were you, I think. I don't think I would need 5K though. I mean, let's be you real. You may but... not. I think if I were you, what I would do because I also don't really want a big monitor. I want like something like twenty-seven inches or something. Like I don't want to go over thirty inches for the monitor. Well, but for twenty-seven inches, I would argue you still want five K. So to me, the dividing okay. line is roundabout to twenty-two inches. Twenty-two inches, you can do four K. You're fine. It still looks retina. It looks great. That's what I did at work. At okay. twenty-four, twenty-five inches is when you're really starting to get into no, you really need five K. And if you think about it at twenty-seven inches, that's an IMAX. So you definitely want five K. Right, but there are a lot of like like Dell make like a really nice looking monitor. Mm-hmm. Um the Dell Ultra Shop and they mm-hmm. do a they do a 27-inch 4K, but you just told me I don't want that, right? Yeah, I don't think you do, because I think it's not going to look near as nice, especially if you're sitting it next to an iMac. Now, if you're just sitting it next to a MacBook Pro, you might be able to get away with it. But I felt like when I was looking at 27-inch 4K monitors, I felt like I could store to see the pixels in a way I could not with a 22-inch 4K or a 27-inch 5K. And my eyes are right. not great. So if I could see it, most people could be should be able to see it. So if I were you, what I think I would do is for the 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 recording desk i would investigate getting a non lg ultrafine whatever it is 5k monitor you know are there other 5k monitors of about 27 inches that would work with this ts3 plus thunderbolt dock how do i am i going to know that though well i don't know you have to ask around maybe maybe a listener can write us um or you can do an ask upgrade from you to you. I don't know. But um, what I would well, look at from me to me, yeah. can I? Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Like uh, you're, you'll submit your own ask upgrade. Um, but anyway. So like a 27 inch 4K monitor, you say doesn't look good enough? I don't think so personally. I really don't. I feel very strongly about this. Oh, am I going to end up buying this stupid display? So here's <laughs> like, what I, hear me out. Hear me out. What I would recommend is investigate the situation for 5K and getting it getting it hooked up to this TS3 Plus dock. I like this dock. It looks good. It looks like it has all the I.O. you would ever want. And so the theory is you bring your you know four, magical 14-inch MacBook Pro, you hook it into this TS3 Plus dock, you've got power, you've got whatever USB you'll need for your mic and whatnot, and you'll have uh, some monitor, either a 27-inch 5K of some, I don't know, generation or whatever, some flavor that we're not aware of. Or if you can't get 27-inch and 5K, just get a 22-ish inch 4k because it'll still look good it just won't be as big but at least it'll look good right it won't look out of place next to your retina macbook pro monitor that's Mm. your recording desk right because i guarantee Mm -hmm. you can set up a 4k display against this ts3 plus dock and you'll be fine and you can get a 4k display reasonably affordably last i looked it was like 200 bucks for one of these now they're not beautiful in terms of the bezel and stuff like that they're they're not the most high quality display panel that's ever existed but if you wanted to, you know, save a little bit of money, you could. Maybe you don't, but at least you could. For the Justin Casey desk, I would absolutely try to get something off of gray, preferably a 27-inch 5K. If not, mm. get the 4K because that'll have enough I/O, including Ethernet, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, to get you what a de- what a what a hotel person like a hotel desk would need. You know what I mean? Like if I'm coming yeah. into work for a couple of days, I just need a monitor. Uh, maybe a keyboard, you know, if you're not going to use Bluetooth get or something, by, right? you know, enough to get me by. And if that LG is not the most reliable thing, 
I'm only there for two days. Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. So absolutely take an LG of either four or 5K size and put it on the just-in-casey desk and then spend a little time and potentially money getting your proper Thunderbolt dock and a decent monitor for your recording desk. That's what I would do. The monitor thing is so difficult, it is. though. It is very difficult. I don't even know how it works with 5K, to be honest. I don't think there are any 5K monitors available. Last I had looked, there, they really, there weren't any. I mean, I've just done a cursory Google search and there isn't any 5Ks. Like, I can't find anything good. I mean, like, so yeah. I could go with, like, a 24-inch 4K. Yeah, that would probably work. So Dell used to, I don't think they do anymore. Dell used to make a 27-inch 5K or thereabouts. Um, but yeah, the, the I keep looking at a bunch of ultrafines, to your point. I don't see anything. They don't make it. Like, they make, yeah. like, a 32-inch 4K. Yeah, see, you were not going to want that. I really think you'll be dissatisfied by that. I really, really do. So your recommendation is if I'm go- is either five k for twenty seven plus, correct. But if I'm going under twenty seven, I can get away with four k, correct. Yeah. So let's see here. There was the Dell UP two seven one five k twenty seven inch five k monitor. Sounds nice. It is not available anymore, but it was a 5K 27-inch monitor from Dell. We tried to get one at work, and it happened that that one arrived DOA, and we never tried to replace Like, we returned it. We never tried to replace it, and we just went with 4Ks instead, in no small part because this monitor was a fortune at the time. I don't remember a number, but I remember it being like three times the cost of a 4K. Um, So it's obviously up to you. I, I, I feel strongly that for my eyes anyway, and I have crappy eyes, I would not want 4K in anything bigger than about 22, 24 inches, somewhere in that neck of the woods. Oh, 24 inches. I'm sorry, 24 inches. But like the iMac used to come in 4K. Yeah, yeah but it was in smaller sizes as well. Right, but you could get a 27-inch 4K iMac. Like That was a thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say, so I'm looking at the monitor I used at work, and it was an LG 24UD58-B 24-inch 4K monitor with FreeSync. So this was 4K. Again, it's not the most beautiful monitor in the world. The bezel is kind of ugly. The mount is kind of whatever. The, the panel was not stupendous. But for the kinds of things that you're likely to be doing on this, it's more than enough. And for me, it's under $300 with free shipping, which is... Which one is this? This is the, L, this is the 4K option that I had recommended. And so I've just put it in the chat room and we'll put it in the show notes. So this is what I used at work. I used two of these at work and clamshelled my computer. Oh, God. It's not pretty. I would prefer the UltraFine. And that's fine. That. That's perfectly reasonable. Then you'd, and it's a lot more money, but you'd be getting a lot better monitor for it. But if you wanted yeah. the budget option, this is what I used. And it does work just fine. I can't. That's fine. It looks real bad. I, I, think I mean, I don't care it, about but... the stands, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, there won't be a stand. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but yeah. The bezels on this thing are upsetting. Yeah, I mean, it's a several-year-old monitor now, so it's not terribly surprising. There, maybe yeah. LG makes a newer one that's not the fancy Apple-sold LG, you know what I mean? Maybe there's some middle of the road, but... And the industry really seems to like 27 inches at 4K. Yeah. Like, I believe you, but, like, it seems very difficult to find anything smaller. So what I would recommend is visit some like i don't know if you guys have best buy or some equivalent thereof see if you can find one of these in person to look at or alternatively order from somewhere that you know you can return reasonably easily yeah amazon 
Yeah. So if you and if you are you're very careful when you take it out of the box, don't destroy the the stupid styrofoam, you know, and just mm-hmm. treat it gently and expect if you open this thing up a 27 inch 4K with the expectation that you're going to return it. The worst thing that happens is you like it and you think I'm crazy and then no harm, no foul. And in the best case scenario, you realize, oh, Casey isn't crazy. I do have to return this, but I knew I was going to all along. So no big deal. This is becoming even more confusing. Why can't Apple just make a good monitor, which is affordable? Tell me about it. If they just did this, then I would be fine, right? I wouldn't have to go through all of this. Yep. Or like, why can't the LG just be liked by everyone? Because the problem is, I'll get bored and not bored. I'll get frustrated and I'll buy the LG, and then everyone will get mad at me because I won't. Either people, no, either, but like the thing is, it's one of those things. People that have some people that have used it say it's not good. Some people that have used it say it's fine, but they won't say it's fine in public because then everyone uses the perception <laughs> of everybody else, and they're like, "Well, no, such and such person said it's bad, so it's bad." Yeah, I mean, again. I've used dad's 5k briefly and it does seem fine. I wouldn't say it seems amazing. And I only actually based only on dad's opinion, I would say it's amazing, but I I do not live in a bubble. And I I know that the 4k is probably like, this is probably all I need, right? I don't think you need a 5k. No, especially if you're going to run. I don't want the size. I don't like, you know, I don't want a 27 inch monitor. Yeah. Then definitely just get the 4k ultra fine. Cause what size is that? 23.7. That's perfect. Get the 4K Ultrafine, walk away, you're done. Because that still has all the docking station stuff in it, doesn't it? Because here's the problem, right? I was looking at like, oh, because then you look at it, and it's like, well, actually, it doesn't have enough power, right? Like, you can't charge of it. But then maybe I don't need that anyway if I'm going to use the Caldera dock. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. But, but, but like I'm thinking, if I use this, I might not even need a dock anyway, right? On this desk. Yes, that's theoretically true although if i were going to buy a dock for i any of your desks i would buy it for this one. Oh no i do i do want a dock i do want a dock because i don't want to plug my audio equipment into the monitor i want to uh, and i don't want to plug it directly into the machine like i want to plug it into a dock to then plug in which is just like a me thing yeah and that that's reasonable plus you're probably going to want ethernet which means you're going to need some sort of dongly docky sort of thing for that uh, i'm not going to use ethernet actually Oh, that's brave. A lot of people, a lot of a lot of podcasters say you can't podcast without Ethernet. I'm not one of them. Well, your boys never used it. <laughs> I actually don't disagree with you for the record. And our internet is incredible, so. Oh, actually, this doesn't include Ethernet, the 4K. I thought it did. It does have plenty of... Well, the dock, the, the, the CalDigit dock has it. Correct, yes. I, I could use Ethernet if I wanted to, but I just haven't decided that I will yet. Because I, I just don't think I need to. Like, Casey, this is stable 800 up and down. Oh, look at you. It's well yeah. done. It's bonkers. Yeah, I think you get the CalDigit dock and some 4K display for you. And I think you take whatever display Gray is most willing to get rid of for the Justin Casey desk. And then you're done. Problem solved. All right. That's what I would do. I'm going to, I'm actually going to text them as soon as we're done and say like, oh, hey, what do you have? All right. Because if he has a 4K if he has the 4K, then I don't even need to buy one. I'll just take that. That's true. And even if he has one of each, I would put the 5K on the Justin Casey desk because it's more space yeah, yeah. than you need and potentially less reliable than you want. 
And actually, that's another thing to be said for the dock. If the only thing you're doing with that monitor is monitoring, so to speak, you know what I mean? Like if the only thing you're doing is the monitor part, you're not leveraging any of the docking station part, you are more likely to set yourself up for success that way. Rather than if you're issuing the the Cal station, Cal digit, whatever it's called, dock, and trying to make your LG your docking station as well. Again, that's fine if you're me and you're at your Justin Casey desk, but if you're Mike, you want something super reliable and I would not trust the legendarily bad LG displays to be your dock. Okay. See, we got it sorted. No problem. Maybe. (laughs) Well, I am excited for your mega studio. I am super excited to see it at some point, someday, somehow, some way. Uh, And I will love working at the Justin Casey desk when the time comes, but I, I do genuinely wish you some congratulations and I hope that it goes well getting all your soft stuff in, getting all your soundproofing done. I hope it works out. 